What is up, everybody? Thank you all for joining me on the latest Mortcast, part of the CSG Network. I'm, of course, your host, Jeff Morton. I hope you guys are all uh, enjoying the once-a-week Mortcasts. Um, I may do up to two a week starting... Uh, between now and through the first two weeks of free agency, I may do that. Uh, I will see. I have been recording a lot of other podcasts um, on the Gen X show. Be sure and check that out. Be sure and subscribe to the Gen X show. It's a really diverse co- uh, podcast that does a lot of the things that I'm really into that are not sports related. So I, I hope you all check that one out. But uh, today, this one is about um, recording this at uh, noon, uh, the day of the draft. Uh, I will not be covering the draft tonight, but uh, I will give my thoughts on it probably tomorrow. Um, So uh, stay tuned for that. But um, the Nuggets have two picks after they traded Jermichael Green. and to the to the Houston Rockets for uh, uh, the 30th pick in the draft. No, excuse me, not Houston. It wasn't Houston. It was uh, Oklahoma City Thunder. And they traded them to uh, get that. And uh, I think they also got, like, some protected uh, – not protected, but uh, sort of protected um, uh, second-round picks that will convey in the following years. Um, it is what it is. Uh, ostensibly, they got the, the did this trade and, and acquired what they acquired to be able to add assets to get something else, uh, like facilitate a trade to either a move up or b maybe uh, use a sweetener for uh, a, a player. Um. I'm hoping that they are able to do something because I'm going to lay out a scenario here that people aren't really thinking about that I need everyone needs to be cognizant of. In the first half, I'm going to talk to you about uh, roster spots and roster availability. And in the second half, after the uh, Blanchard Family Wines read, I will be talking to you about uh, the Stan Kroenke factor which is something that people really aren't thinking about right now and is something that people really need to have front of mind, uh, in my view. But uh, if the Nuggets end up like not being able to pull off a deal and end up drafting two rookie players, here is the big problem the Nuggets have. They already have, and in the form of guaranteed contracts on their roster, they already have Bones Highland, Zeke Naji, and uh, adding two rookies... Uh, they have 15 spots on their roster. That At that point, they will have had a first year. Uh, uh, this will be Bones' second year, two first-year players, and a third-year player on the roster. And that is not counting Marcus Howard, who is uh, you know the second-round pick and, and all that. Uh, that is a significant portion of your roster that is taken up by lack of experience. Um, We all would like to think that someone can come into uh, the scenario and start playing and being a different uh, difference maker. But the problem is this. At the back end of the first round, you're you're not drafting for uh necessarily you're 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 there because you're good okay 
90% of the time, unless there's trades involved and all that stuff. So you, you're drafting at the back end because you are not a team that is in need of high-value, high-talent players who are difference makers. And it varies by draft. This is not the, the greatest draft in the world. Um, the top of the draft is okay. It's good, but it's not great. Um, so this is really a very even draft. Um, you could probably find high floor, low ceiling players as the, um, as the draft progresses through the first round. It's not necessarily about having to draft a player. It's about drafting two. Having two roster spots devoted to, um, by the way, guaranteed roster spots, uh, with guaranteed contracts Taking up space on your roster is not a good scenario. You can't two-way contract these first-round picks. So in in reality, I mean, uh, I think it was uh, Sam Presti tr- uh, and Oklahoma City tried to, and I think it was probably Oklahoma City. It was uh, a contract that uh, Sam Presti tried to make a two-way, not a two-way deal, but it was a non-guaranteed deal that they tried to enter into for this a specific player like about five, six years ago that uh, the players' union wailed about because all all guaranteed contracts, you know, the entire first round is supposed to be guaranteed. And here's, here's the deal, and that's not something you see. I think that's the only time that ever happened. I, I believe it was about 2015 or 14 that this this scenario went down um and that was a that was largely a way to get around having devoting a a roster spot a, a precious roster spot to it because you could send them to you know various you, know, you send them to 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 your affiliates at that time there wasn't a ton of g league associated uh i think it was called the d league back then associated uh affiliates so really, in, in in the truest sense of the form, you could send people down to the to the, uh, the the G League to get some work done, but they're still guaranteed to be on your roster. Devoting two players to that is is folly, okay? In my view, for a team as good as the Nuggets, people have said, "Well, you need some high value, low cost contracts." Well, you're in the grand scale of uh, value. Having back-end first-round picks is not as value as having a low-cost veteran. It simply is not, okay? Um, Unless you are getting ultimate value, I mean ultimate value, there is not a ton of incentive to have two players, excuse me, taking up that much, you know, taking up two valuable roster spots, right? So it's, yeah, draft one. I mean, it's the cycle of drafting. But having two is different. And there's a reason I bring this up. Um, I'm not to give people a doomed scenario here because I don't know what's going to happen. I'm just laying out the worst case, which is if the Nuggets find themselves in the position of having to draft two players, it, in my view, is because they couldn't swing any deals. Because there is not a lot of value to having rookies in a win-now year taking up two roster spots, along with Bones, along with Zeke, along with, you know, all the, you know, it just, it, it's just, 
having that large a percentage of your roster tied up in rookies and second and second year and third year players is is a really a risk because it has been stated and this is the one of the primary reasons I say this and this has been stated that the nuggets intent is to win now this is a win now year the nuggets um are not in a position and not in a uh, one of those draft develop wait be patient you know all that things um bones was drafted in a uh in a scenario where jamal murray was going to be out for a significant period of time turned out to be the whole year um you get diminishing returns the more draft picks you stack up unless you intend to trade them you know in the nba really is the ultimate it takes two to tango your league you need teams that value what you place on these picks. It's not necessarily what they place, but they need what you value, your value upon these picks. And um, Kevin O'Connor has been saying that the Nuggets are looking to move up to um, mid-round somewhere, and they have their eye on the player. I don't know who that is. I'll be honest with you. Once I advocated for Mario Hizonia, uh, in the 2015 draft, it showed you how bad my eye for drafting is, and I have immediately checked out of that. So that is not something that I am going to weigh in on uh, ever. Um, but right now, where the Nuggets are, is a team that has stated this is boomer bust. Like, we need to start winning in Jokic's prime. Having low back-end... Um, Two roster spots taken up by rookies. Um, yeah, it may be low-cost deals, but you're you're eating up the savings that you you got with the Jamichael Green thing. So there's there's always there's there's always a, a give and take. There is always a uh, worst case to the good case, and that is what I'm talking about. I don't I don't honestly like I said I don't care. If the Nuggets end up drafting a player, if they draft a player, that is just the purpose of the draft. But two is the bridge too far, and that is where I'm 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 hoping that the Nuggets don't end up taking two players because two players is is the in my view it is the we tried and failed signal. It was it is the we couldn't swing a deal signal. And that's the amount of pressure on Calvin Booth and Michael Malone. The, the Booth-Malone uh, uh, power scenario with the Nuggets right now is under a lot of pressure for the Nuggets to improve. And being able to improve and improve this year in a win-now situation um, is a hard needle to thread. Um, you need to find the right player and with the right skill set to 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 complement Nikola Jokic. We always, uh, I mean, there's a bunch of players out there. I'm not going to go into um, until we get to free agency. I will not be able to tell you what is the optimal thing for the Nuggets to do. Um, there is the influence of a certain Stan Kroenke on the back end of this that uh, I'm going to talk about in the second half that really affects how the Nuggets are going to be able to move forward. And um, I've removed Josh Kroenke from the scenario. Josh Josh said that he is not um, 
it, his dad's the owner. And that's that's all we need to know about the this current state of KSE. So if if Stan Kroenke's the owner, we need to factor him into every scenario. And in the second half, I'm going to talk to you about the other part of what this draft means and how Stan Kroenke immediately affects that. Now it's time to talk to you about Blanchard Family Wines, located between 18th and 19th in Blake and Wazee in beautiful lower downtown Denver, Colorado. Just a couple blocks away from Coors Field, right in the middle of the dairy block. They are always online at bfwdenver.com. Whether you like the Cabernet, you like the blends, where you like, uh, they got Malbecs, they got Syrahs. Um, they've got a bunch of varietals from Western Slope. Um, If you go to uh, Blanchard Family Wines, they got a whole bunch of varietals from the Western Slope. They have got... um, a tremendous amount of of various varieties of whites and um, various varieties varietals of whites. They've got uh, rieslings. Um, you know, it, it is really the best wine bar in Colorado, and uh, in my view, in my humble opinion, as they say. Um, if you go to bfwdenver.com, you can. Uh, uh, book yourself a table you can pick yourself up a bottle uh you can buy a bunch of swag i mean they basically got everything you need right there in a one-stop shop but if you go down walk in get yourself a table outside enjoy the wonderful colorado uh, summertime weather uh once again they're located between 18th and 19th in blake and wazi in beautiful lower downtown denver colorado just a couple blocks away from coors field right in the middle of the dairy block they are always online at bfwdenver.com when you go in or you talk to him, tell him Jeff Morton from CSG Podcast sent you there. Well, the Nuggets um, ownership situation is what it is. And I've gone into great detail about the situation as we've seen it. Uh, the Denver Nuggets are a in a unique position to be owned by a sports entity that is uh, also owns two other major sports uh, excuse me three other major sports if you count arsenal in europe uh, excuse me in the uk and where i think we've kind of i don't know we've missed the boat is the influence of stan and one of the things that i can tell you is that stan while he is uh, very much an absentee owner he very much controls the finances. Um, Stan has his finger on on the pulse of what the Nuggets spend, and everything needs to go through Stan. Stan is very um, hands-on when it comes to the money, not necessarily the operations, but he's there for the money. One thing to watch for this team going forward is how much they are savings-conscious. Um, the Nuggets are kind of, I think, I think for my view, they're too close after the Jermichael Green trade. They are kind of too close to the saving Stan money on his tax bill territory. And that is a dangerous place to be. Um, what the Nuggets need to be doing is finding out a way to maximize Nikola Jokic's, uh, prime and sometimes and i said in this in the last podcast this is going to take something that's you're going to have to be uncomfortable right and aside from 
really, this is the first very pivot, pivotal point in the Booth Malone uh, uh, administration of the Nuggets. Um, this is also what I would describe as um, the prove-it point for Stan Kroenke. If decisions are made that you noticeably reduce Stan's tax bill without noticeably improving the nuggets, we've got a problem. You know, you can pay the tax without paying the tax, if you understand what I mean. Um, Stan, this is, this is very important. This is very, very important for Stan Kroenke. Um, the Nuggets need to prove they're willing to improve and go all in. And there's ways of interpreting going all in. Um, like I said, you could still be paying the tax, but you could still not be paying as much tax as you could. There could be moves that could be made that will just lessen Stan's tax bill. Um, with you know, it 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 is it is a it grades of nuance right now, and for the Booth Malone regime, this is really the how do you improve this Nuggets team? Considering Stan Kroenke, how much does Stan factor into these deals? That is where my curiosity is right now. There's a lot of ways you can interpret different things, right? And there's ways the NBA kind of hamstrings taxpaying teams. Uh, but the Nuggets do have their uh, their full taxpaying exception as well as a trade, trade exception. If the Nuggets uh, don't use the trade exception, if they don't, uh, if they don't use the um, buy-in, the, 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 the biannual, or I think it's the biannual, or the, or the, the yeah. Anyway, exception, the taxpayer exception, or the the trade, the trade one they got for Jamichael, um On it's going to be, it's it's going to be hard for me to see that they are very serious, because that'll tell me that they're relying on Michael Porter Jr. and Jamal Murray playing, and they're going to wait till the deadline. We'll hear a lot of that. I, it, that is where my my issue lies. Now, after the draft, I will get into if the Nuggets don't make a trade or anything like that. I will get into what the Nuggets need to do via who's available in free agency or trade. Um, they need a backup defensive. I'm going to tell you right now, they do. They need a backup defensive player. Um, they need something like that. Um, those kinds of players are, are very valuable and they're hard to, they're not exactly available all the time. So you really got to be creative, but that's what really the Nuggets say. It's really the one piece they need, um, unless they end up trading Monte Morris or something like that. But who knows what they're going to end up doing with that. But in the grand scheme of things, before I get to that in the following weeks, this is prove it time for Stan. This is prove it time. Um, he needs to prove that he is willing to do what it takes. I mean, with all due respect to Josh, and I think Josh has the best intentions, but he, much as much admitted, he doesn't control the purse strings. So we need to uh, really concentrate on 
the the motives, the the uh, approach of Stan Kroenke, what he's going to do with the Nuggets money, and to see how he that trickles down to what Calvin Booth and and uh, Michael Malone do, because it's all well and good to pay lip service until you get down to brass tacks. And some owners, as I pointed out last week, it is some owners are not willing to be uncomfortable. Some owners uh, are will pay a lot of lip service to paying the tax, and they'll pay the tax, but they're not uncomfortable. They they've budgeted what little tax they're paying into what they're allowing to to go through. The Milwaukee Bucks were willing to be uncomfortable, and it's worked into a championship and an, another playoff run. Uh, are the Nuggets willing to do that? I'm, I'm willing. I, tonight is the is the example. Tonight is the we've heard a bunch of stuff about Calvin Booth willing to take chances. Well, tonight's the start. Tonight is the start of the Booth Malone regime, and to see how they are able to do it. And I tell you what, if the Nuggets are bold, I will be coming on this podcast tomorrow, singing their praises because really they need some shakeup. They are very stale right now. And I think they need a bit of a, a bit of a uncomfortable shakeup that comes in the form of, of player move slash financial move. And uh, we shall see. We shall see. So anyway, any, everyone enjoy the draft tonight. Um, if something big happens, I'll be you know I'll be back tomorrow regardless uh, to talk about what the Nuggets did. Uh, if they end up drafting two players, I'm going to reiterate again, if they end up drafting two players, it's going to be worst case scenario. They do not need to be devoting that much roster to young players. They just don't. But anyway, thank you all for joining me on the latest Mortcast. I'll be back tomorrow with another episode. Goodbye.